Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, joining us now is uh, Chris Solari, Detroit Free Press. Chris, welcome. Great to w- uh, have you with us. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, obviously, at Michigan State, this is obviously horrific. Uh, Penn State, for example, in 1996 had a similar situation happen on its campus. Uh, so I know where you're sitting right now. Uh, the basketball game with Minnesota will not be played tonight. But first of all, before we get to that, what is it like at Michigan State right now? Because I guess what nothing's happening there until at least Monday on campus with classes and so forth, correct? Yeah, and they had a and they had initial, initially uh, canceled everything Tuesday and Wednesday um, before they had uh, found the shooter. Um, while it was still an active situation, and then it was very shortly afterward that that they found the shooter and, and uh, he took his life. So, um, so that was you know that's kind of one thing. There was all a lot of I don't even know if I'll, if misinformation is the right word. There was just a lot of information and and things flowing around at that point. Some of it was due to confusion. Some of it may have been misinformation. Some of it may have just been kind of the fog of war in some ways. Um, there, there were reports of, of a, a second shooting well away from it, um, and police had confirmed that on their Twitter, or at least they had posted it on their Twitter, um, and then that turned out to be false. Uh, apparently, there have been rumors of, of someone using fireworks that students had, you know, during the active shooter heard, uh, potentially they thought they were gunfire. Uh, so there was a lot of chaos that was going on. It's hard to say this, but, you know, because three three really bright young individuals lost their lives in a classroom setting, you know, or in the union. Um, and five others are, are still in critical condition. But honestly, you know, when you think about the things that were happening, of the worst, of the best case scenarios in the worst possible situation, this was probably it. I mean, you know, the thing, the thought that keeps coming to my mind is, you know, how did this happen? Um, but then it's quickly followed up by how didn't this happen sooner? I mean, Penn State understands this as good as anybody. When you have a very large, open public campus like that, um, you know, people talk about soft targets and and things like that. I mean, you know, this this wasn't someone that was a student. This wasn't someone that had any type of affiliation with the university or by any accounts, you know, not sure if he had any grudges. It, you know, but, you know, where are you going to find large amounts of people in small areas, college right. campuses? And, you know, it's that, that in and of itself in both ways kind of leaves you um, – you know, that it wasn't a student kind of leaves you nervous that anybody can go do this. Um, but you know, it's it, there's there's no uh, there's no easy feeling right now. I mean, it's just it's just an uneasy feeling for everybody and sadness, uh, a lot of sadness and a lot of 
just it's going to take some time to heal. And Michigan State's like a lot of college campuses, if I recall correctly, and all the times I've been there, it's pretty much an open door policy there. But certain buildings, you you need the key to get in. Yeah, but classroom, the dorms, but classrooms the are open. Have, well, yeah, I think the dorms after nine eleven. Um, you know that now we're talking twenty two years ago. So this yeah. generation doesn't even know it. I mean, when I was in college there, um, you know, the dorms were open, free free of unfettered access until after midnight. Then you had to be checked in by someone who lived there. Uh, that went away, I believe. I think they started locking the dorms at all times after nine eleven. Okay. Um, but some of the campus buildings would be open, and then I think they would close them on football Saturdays at that point that they had previously been open. But now. I, I I believe the classroom buildings are open, and at the, uh, Berkey Hall, where the the first shooting happened, was a classroom, and it's right next to the union, the student union. Yep. Uh, yes, that's how he, the the gunman went in there afterward, um, right next door, and then left by foot, on and off Sport, campus that quickly. Yeah, yeah, on and off that quickly. In fact, they found him. What he ended up killing himself. A few miles, miles off, off campus? Yeah. 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 Uh, sports obviously will not solve any of this, but in some ways will bring back maybe not healing, but a sense of normalcy. So the Minnesota game is off right now. It's postponed. Minnesota went through COVID. Penn State will play them on Saturday night. The makeup COVID game with Illinois is Monday. How difficult is it going to be to find a space to make up this game down the road once something's settled in? Yeah, it's going to be very difficult um, because there's only, I think, now we're inside of 20 days left in the regular season. And by the time you get to next week, I mean, obviously Michigan State wouldn't do anything at the back end of this week with Michigan coming up on Saturday, assuming that that game is going to be played. We still haven't heard officially yet. I would think at this point it, it probably will be played. Um, I agree. If you'd asked me 24 hours ago, I would have thought the other way. Um, mm-hmm. But I would, I would assume, I, I would, I wouldn't assume it. But I, I, I think it's trending that way that they'll still play it. So Michigan State wouldn't do anything this week. Then obviously next week, you know, with a couple, the game already shoehorned in there. I don't know if Minnesota would. Uh, you know, they obviously wouldn't be able to the following week. So, you know, we were talking about the last week. And the way this schedule has been set up this year, and Tom Izzo has been a very big critic of it, um, I think 12, at least 12 of their 20 Big Ten games have been three days apart. And, you know, in long stretches of three games, or game, day off, travel, game. Uh, and that's that makes it really complex to – on top of the Minnesota schedule issues to try and just get this jammed in there one more day and then oh by the way we're going to we're going to you know wear down your legs in the last week of the regular season right before the the tournament so right. whether or not that gets I mean it might not have any bearing quite honestly I mean Minnesota pretty well seems locked into the last spot for Michigan mm-hmm. State it would be a win that would be very beneficial in a crowded middle but yeah. You know, ultimately, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if they end up making this up just because of that. I'm still waiting to hear back on a lot of things. Obviously, there's some pretty important discussions that are going on over there right now, uh, and some people have been kind of quiet 
not quiet, but, you know, obviously in meetings and doing other things. So trying to wait and hear out what may be the plan for that. And we, we're expecting to hear in the next couple of days from Tom Izzo, who's also been kind of keeping, keeping low uh, after all this. Yeah, no question, and can't blame them either. Uh, I mean, it's right. just a gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling from thirty thousand feet. I think they play Saturday night, but that's just me uh, from thirty thousand feet. Uh, Michigan State's in the thick of this thing. Their defense has been really good, but their offense has still been not exactly floor to, uh, pedal to the floor. Uh, how can Tom fix that? Good question. I mean, this team isn't necessarily built that way. Um, particularly, this, you know, one hey, of the things, to be honest one, with you, Chris, this league isn't built that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, they're they've got ten guys on scholarship um, based him not going into the portal out of a choice. Um, you know, I think they explored some guys that didn't, you know, that didn't pick Michigan State, and then they didn't just want to add bodies. Um, right. And but I think that the fact that you know they don't have a, a five that can run the floor consistently, they they hoped Sissoko would be that guy, um, yeah. and he struggled with that at times. And you know the the youngsters Kohler and uh, Cooper, you know are are playing a lot of minutes for for how young they are. But you know they they're not floor runners. So so now you have to try and play around it a little bit. The wings can get out and run more, and I think that at some point, you know, the now you're starting to see a little potential for it with Jaden Akins getting back to. I'd say I'd say Jaden Akins is back 100 percent now, and he was going to be their big one of their big floor runners. Right. But you still have right. Malik Hall hampered with an ankle or the high ankle sprain. So, or the excuse me, not a high ankle sprain, but a, the uh, stress reaction in the foot that the, it still causes him issues. So you lose another guy that runs in transition. So. It's you know it, it is complex and you know you they've the one thing that they have done is limit their turnovers which you know they were 16 17 turnovers a game at one point the last few years they cut it down to about 11 this year um, but in the half court they're not getting consistent possessions and there's a lot of standing around that I think needs to be corrected and that you know a lot of that goes to AJ Hogard starting to attack north and south and you know get downhill and and either go to the basket or kick it out. To, he did it a couple times uh, in recent weeks, particularly the Maryland game, uh, setting up Joey Hauser and a couple other guys. But, you know, I think, you know, for that offense, the key is is Hogard. And quite honestly, Sissoko needs to step up as well in the post and, and provide them a little more than what he's given. And Hauser can certainly have his moments, there's no doubt. Uh, yeah, House has been fairly consistent this year. Yeah, he's, I agree. he's actually he's comfortable. Um, yeah. he's, he's had some some bad shooting games, but one thing I, I have liked about seeing when he does have the bad shooting games, then he starts to work around the basket to try and get a rhythm or hit some mm-hmm. some mid range jumpers, which I think have helped him in game make those adjustments to start hitting outside. Chris, the Big Ten is going to get a lot of teams into the NCAA tournament eight and who knows maybe they can squeeze a ninth and who knows I think getting out of the first weekend for the vast majority is going to be difficult the conference is played in my opinion the conference is played right now and look this is not against coaches please I don't want anybody to think it's going a coach has to pick a style to play based on the personnel he has and how to win 
So let's take that off the table. But this conference is played in a phone booth, and it's officiated in a phone booth. The rest of the country is playing 94 by 50. Well, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. is like it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, you haven't seen really good officiating across the board, no matter which team you watch or follow. Um, I agree. You know, there are points where you can say, I mean, there, were, there was a five-second stretch where I think the refs missed a, a foul at the rim. They missed uh, a goaltend with someone sticking their hand through the basket, and then they missed hmm. an, an out-of-bounds call the other way. So I, it all went, it was, you know, three different calls that were missed and all, you know, the, for two different teams. So it, 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 I, I don't, and you obviously have to play through that, and I think both teams have to play through that. But it's the, it's the constant adjustment in-game, too. I mean, we've talked about this for years, you know, that, refs will go into halftime and the game all of a sudden stops being called how it was in the first half and changes into the second half. Well, you're still seeing that. I mean, the Ohio State and Michigan State game the other day, there were three free throws in the entire game. Oh, yep, yep. And, and there was a lot more contact than, than that in that game. So, you know, it doesn't make sense. I, I think the refs are struggling with the verticality rule of what is and isn't a foul around the basket and above the rim. They're struggling with the freedom of movement rules that they're calling a lot of ticky-tack fouls outside. And, you know, whether it be hand-checking or moving screens or players supposedly sticking a knee out when they've set a a legitimate screen. I mean, it's it's just – although Tom Izzo had a really interesting point that the way the pace is right now with the sluggishness, with – you know yep. the 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 calls and all the whistles and everything. It there's a there's a that might be how a lot of the games in the tournaments get refed. So yeah. you know whether they maybe that maybe that prepares you for a slower pace in the NCAA's. I don't know though because you're right. I think a lot of the teams around the country in other conferences are playing full court basketball still, and you know the Big Ten kind of looks at times archaic in that respect. Right, and that's part. And I'll tell you another part too. We get to the month of February. I always feel the officiating is the worst because Chris, they're exhausted. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Oh. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get into the name of the official because I went through and I looked. This official had been in twelve twelve places in thirteen days. He Penn, he did the Penn State Nebraska game, and the day before he did Clemson. In South yeah, Carolina, well, I mean, how the heck do you get to Lincoln from Clemson? You got to go to Spartanburg, got to go to Chicago, got to go into Lincoln. Right. You're telling me that guy's fresh? Well, there was a ref that MSU had a couple weeks ago um, who did a late game on the West Coast, and then did turned around and did a, I think it was the Indiana game, perhaps that did an afternoon game the next day on the East Coast time zone. So that, I mean, my goodness. I mean, how, how aren't you going to be? And, right. you know, that, that's I mean, that's another problem. I mean, there obviously aren't a lot of qualified refs, and they're all refing every day of the week because the conferences don't necessarily have contracts right. to, to just have their own referees. So, I mean, it right. is. I mean, listen, it, it, you, we talk about Oh, these athletes, you know, they're the highest, you know, they're highest trained and 
best conditioned and they should be able to run for 40 minutes a game, five days a week or whatever you want to call it. But the referees, are, there's a physical component to that too and that does wear on your mental state. So and I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what the answer <laughs> for that is, but I think, the, I think that a lot of people are, are cognizant of it now and, and it, something needs to, to give or change in that respect. Because in the game I was doing, okay, Tomonaga went up and the ball slipped out of his hands. He then caught it and then shot a three and hit it. And I'm not again. I'm not going to give the name of the official. I don't want to be unfair here. He said the ball was tipped. Kevin Kugler, Jess Settles, Dick Girardi, and I all looked at each other at the table and go, "What was he looking?" At? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It wasn't even close. <laughs> a ball it is. Was I mean, that, 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 it's not just the physical fatigue; it's the physical fatigue that compounds into the mental fatigue. Like you that. You got it. Yep, yeah, you got it. That's why I think in the tournament it gets better. Because guess what? Okay, my first game's on a Thursday. I arrived Tuesday. What did I do? I slept. I slept yeah. Wednesday night. Thursday, I get to work the Saturday game. Guess what I did after the Thursday game? I went back and I slept. And Friday I slept. Suddenly they're rested in the tournament. That's why it's usually a little bit better. Yeah, I think you might you might be onto something with that. I yeah. think that's hey. a that's a good point because they're not they're not trying to go fifty different sites in five <laughs> different days. You know. Hey, if I was making the money they're getting per game plus per diem, I'd be trying to get as many games in as possible too. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I think that's that's a, hey, that's a. That's a real life issue that they need to figure out. Yeah, you know, I mean that that because that, that does affect the game and it affects the product in, in and of itself too. And you know, it drives coaches nuts. I, I mean, I, I don't think the Big Ten had they known this ref had gone on the West Coast one night for a late game oh. and then afternoon game in the East Coast the next day would be would allow that. Oh, there are three, four guys right now. They're doing the Big Ten that are refing the the Pac-12. Like, oh, really? Well, Chris, just, just wait because that might even get worse. Yeah. Oh, next, yes. With, when you add the next group, when you add in UCLA and USC yeah. <laughs> and maybe other teams, how does that change? You know. Well, well, for USC and UCLA, where it's a little more finesse officiating in the Pac-12, Chris, they're in the shock of their lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh awful time. Uh, we dealt with the awful time in the beginning. The end was a little more of a distraction. How about that? Yeah, and that's, you know, it's hard right now when you've got um, your real-world things in what oftentimes in, in college environments are sheltered and secured, you know, yeah. both physically and mentally. I mean, these are supposed to be the escapes from the class for kids to mm-hmm. go and watch their peers play basketball, play football, whatever other athletic events there are and you know when it becomes secondary um to to real life issues that young kids are learning at at a young age i mean 18 to 22 is not an easy age in and of itself let alone to to deal with these type of things i mean there you know there are kids that there was one student that that we had a story on that was in sandy hook uh, shooting as a child yeah. and was on campus mm-hmm. for this one. And there's 
obviously Oxford, Michigan had a shooting last year that was very highly yes. publicized, and there are students on campus that now are living through their second in a year. So, yep. I, you know, it's nice to think about sports and talk about sports, uh, even sometimes right. when it does feel a little out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're yeah. right. It, I think you said it earlier. At some point, it's not it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be a right time. Um, but it will help the healing um, to, yeah. to get back to a little bit of normalcy. And remember, these young people also have gone through COVID too. So that's right. Been, I mean, that's, they've been through a you lot. You think about this. I, I talked about this with someone yesterday. It, we're talking maybe back to the Vietnam War, uh, yeah. where a group of in, of college-age kids have been living on on edge for this long a period of time. I mean, you're talking about four or five years of their lives, whether it be from the pandemic or college shootings or whatever it might be. I mean, you know, this is, you know, it's like I said a a few minutes ago, it's it's not an easy time in and of itself, but then you add all these things in there and it's uh, it's complex. It's complex as a parent to explain to children. It's complex as an adult to process, and it's even more complex to see these kids going through it. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, as always, my friend. All right. Take care, Steve. We'll talk to you soon.